It's time for Push to Play, your weekly trophy podcast with Mindy and CJ. Hello, listeners. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day. Welcome to episode 46. Mindy, how are you on this fine day? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Look, I am surviving. We have had probably the craziest summer weather-wise you can have here. If anyone that's been following, we've had massive bushfires all around Australia, only to be followed on the weekend by flooding. We've had some of the most rain, I think, in five, ten or something years. So, Mindy, it has been insane. But the good thing is... But is it is it raining in the places that are on fire? Yes, it rained everywhere. Like the country is basically flooded uh, and destroyed in, in, in new and new and wonderful ways. But uh, what I was going to say, the most amazing thing is normally when these things happen and these storms and the winds were crazy, we lose all power. And, you know, so you're just like, you know, back in the 18th century or something, reading a book with a candle. But this time the power didn't go out here, Mindy. So I actually got a full day to game. So I know I, know I should feel a little guilty and bad for the people that, you know, were struggling. But for me, it was actually quite nice. That's good. I mean, I'm... I'm worried about, you know, you lost something like 1 million animals in those wildfires. Yes, yes. And then how has it been on the human side? Has it been disastrous for for people or is it mostly just, you know, out back and, and it's it's environmental stuff? Yeah, no, for the fires, it look it has been it has been devastating around the country. I know I know that in America there's also been some massive fundraising fundraising and donations as well. So I know that you're you're well aware of it. I know it's been playing on the you know the news and stuff like that over there. But it look it has been it has been disastrous. We haven't had major fires in sort of six years, maybe with the exception of the Canberra fire. So you know everything was sort of you know on a on a knife edge, I think. And because you know this this last year has been so dry here as well it's just just unbelievable and I mean even though where we are we're sort of north of north of Sydney we didn't have any immediate fires here but everything was just so dry like you'd walk on the grass and it would it would almost come up so you know anything could have gone up at any time and look anyone that's living in Australia will know in in Melbourne or Sydney in particular that just the amount of smoke for the last three or four months just every day so it's been I think it's been very tough for a lot of a lot of people and it will continue to be very tough because unfortunately you know in these situations what starts to come out after the fact is that people didn't have adequate insurance or perhaps they couldn't afford it or, or whatever else and and so now they, there's all these issues as well so it's not even it's not even about whether you had insurance and getting the money there it's about what what happens now for these people and community but you know look as I said, I know there's, there's huge amounts of donations coming in and I think it's just ironic that we, we finally had the rains which now helps you know, as you said, said, the people from the outback, it helps them hugely because a lot of them have been, you know, in drought for years. Unfortunately, it hasn't hit everywhere, but it's hit the majority of, of areas and it will it will rectify a lot of the, the problems. But I, I don't know. It's a it's a funny country to live in, Mindy. We're, we're, we're very uh, we're very at its, at its hands, I think, at its own mercy. <laughs> well, you guys just straight up don't have ozone layer, right? Like there's a 
hole in the ozone layer and it's like right over Australia. I've heard of this. Yes. So yeah, I, I look, I don't know, but look, it's, it's, you know, it's getting, it is, it's getting better. You know, we don't want to, don't want to cry foul. And I, and I know there's huge amounts of money coming in from all around the world uh, to help these people as well, which is fantastic. And also Mindy, I understand we have a, an organization here called Wires, which they, they sort of look after the animals in this situation, you know, rehabilitate them and, you know, re rehouse them, I suppose, or, you know, in the, in the, when the, the forest areas are recovered or whatever else. And they've been, they've been, you know, receiving huge donations, which is fantastic as well. So I actually, you know, my, my Facebook and stuff is everyone's just, they're either putting donation numbers or I've seen this picture, like this checklist a lot for like craft people. And again, this is more for animal rehabilitation because a lot of my friends are, are into that, how to make like, uh, you know, pou- pouches for, kangaroos mm. or or there's something specific for koalas and it got where some organizations were like please stop making these like like apparently everyone was making like the same thing and they're like please please make something else on the list <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that yeah it, it's sort of funny because like in these sort of situations you know obviously you know money and that sort of financial support is is, is essential but it's also it is also as you say making things and, and people hours and one of the big things that has been kicking off in the last couple of weeks here now is you know encouraging people to go out into the country areas to, to go out and see these people to help you know with the rebuilding or even just to go out and buy a coffee and dinner and lunch to, to inject some life into their economies so look you know I feel that you know because if you have been in Melbourne or or Sydney or Canberra it's been very hard to get out in the last two months you know just with the fires and things so I I feel this year there will be a lot of exploring of our great country from our citizens so it's exciting it's exciting to see and look at this is a tangent I didn't expect to go on Mindy from our intro so it's (laughs) like I just never know with you I never know starting starting it on a bit of downer yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. This morning I was sitting there and I was like, we need something to just get us going today. And I was like, iguanas. I want to talk about the iguanas because I know this happened a few weeks ago, Mindy, but we didn't ever really touch on it. But these frozen iguanas in Florida that have been falling out of trees, it's probably stopped now. I don't know if it's still cold enough there and just hitting people as they walk past. <laughs> it's fantastic. So I'm not sure if you're across this or not. but Yeah, down in Florida, I read about that. I was like, that's so weird. Yeah, the, the the people are like, you know, trying to help them and they unfreeze in the car and they just beat the crap out of people. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, I see, I found this great article uh, in a Newsweek, uh, newsweek.com there. And it was about, it was, it was, the title was, you know, man, man shoots iguana, misses, or man, man to sh- tries to shoot iguana, misses and shoots pool boy in the leg. And I was like, this is fantastic. And I read the whole article and it's, it had this great quote from some Florida, you know, Florida native who's probably Mindy, like 70 or 80, because my, my image of a, a Florida person is like on the golf course all day, 70 or 80 or whatever, just bringing their share portfolio and, you know, maybe go to Disney World every now and then. But that, that's their sort of life. You know, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong there. Mm-hmm. And, and I so just imagine the, this sort of person giving the quote. And it was like, it was to the effect of, you know, if we just all go around shooting it, shooting at everything that moves here, it'll be like the Wild West and we'll kill each other. And I was like, you know, God bless America. You know, it's... <laughs> It's so different. But unfortunately, that article was written in 2019 at the beginning of the year. So I, I thought about appropriating it for now, but you know, it, was a, it was a bit of a stretch, even, even for me, I feel. There, Minty. But look, let, let's, let's deviate back here. Listen. I, have, I have some iguana trivia for you. Please, please. So iguanas are, are considered an invasive species. People get them for pets and then release them. And, and iguana can do pretty well. So they're, you know, taking over habitat they don't belong in 
But mm. some people uh, like uh, Latin America, they will eat iguana because iguana are, are very, very common. Mm. And they're called the chicken of the tree. Oh, <laughs> the chicken of the tree. <laughs> oh, I like that. That is fantastic. I wonder what it would taste like. So you know how tuna is the, the chicken of the tree? Now iguana is the chicken of the tree. Oh, it's a white meat, perhaps. Excellent. Oh, that's good. Well, I heard I heard a wonderful story too that the iguanas look out for each other. This was a, a personal story or something of how they, you know, if they if they're running across the road and one gets hit, quite often another one will come and try and drag its iguana bro. I was told that's the term iguana bro across the street. So like you know that's beautiful or whatever. And you know look at that meaning. I'm... Oh no, you you want to talk? You want to talk? You know species that look out for each other. Look at like corvids, like crows. Yes. Like people who do research with um with crows specifically, like when they screw with their eggs, they have to go in in masks that look like someone else. Oh, because crows will remember. Yes, like they will remember your face and communicate with other crows. There have been accounts of researchers not doing this and then getting attacked by different crows. Oh, like it's. It's insane. That's fantastic. You know, look, I think we're going to de- we're going to deviate. Well, you know, we're, we're on the animals there, so let's, I just have one more that I want to throw at you, Mindy, because I, I know that you told me the other week you you introduced me to this podcast, but I think you're a little behind. Um, you're busy with other things. There's no such thing as a fish, and they recently talked. That's a great. I I love that. Po- I'm super behind, but I I love that podcast. I've been I've been with them since the beginning. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's fantastic. And they, they did this segment or whatever on eels. And I didn't know this, and I'm going to show my ignorance here because I forget where the eel comes from. It's a certain sea in the world. And they were talking about how no one's ever seen a, an eel reproduce or like in, in the wild, like they, they somehow just do it. Like, and it's never been documented, like actually seen, but now they're starting to track them. But all the eels, they always go back to this particular sea, you know, before they sort of die or whatever else. And also you know, you know, to appropriate or whatever, but they were saying, and this is insane, that even the eels in captivity, even though they've never been there, like they've been born, you know, somewhere else, they want to go there. And so they will actually, if you release them, they will still find their way there. Isn't that like insane? They just know. I I find that amazing. That's a little creepy, actually. It's hugely creepy, but it's hugely (laughs) creepy. But but look, anyway, look, look, anyway, listeners, isn't that isn't that fantastic? Remember when this was a video game podcast? It was. was. Could you imagine if we got Eel Simulator and and that was part of that? That was the game. If anyone wants to make that, go for it. I think that would be fantastic. unobtainable trophy figure out how you reproduce yeah yeah oh it's just it's wonderful isn't it? the world is a wonderful place but let's let's turn our attention back to back to gaming playstation and and all this sort of business listeners just before we do we've got a little bit of a little bit of housekeeping if you're if you're a close close member of the community you might already know that we have launched a spin-off podcast push to plat level cap this is now available on all good podcast providers it's also on our main youtube channel it is on a separate feed so if it interests you you will have to subscribe separately it is with myself and cool kid joe it is a 30 minute short format trophy and achievement based podcast so unlike here where we're conversational we talk about eels mindy and iguanas uh there it's just pure bang 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 straight down the line trophies and achievements with some dirty little tips that i would not want to sully sully your reputation with mindy 
uh, <laughs> over there. So please give that a look at. The other other piece of news is that we will be launching a Patreon to start in March. The Patreon will be up within the next week or so. So you can you can have a look at it, have a think about it or whatever, but it's not accepting any any monies, I suppose you would say, or pledges until March. There are going to be various tiers there, but look, the overall tier, of course, is the fact that you're supporting us. We are not going to be locking any of our content behind this, so you will still get the regular uh, Push to Plat podcast and also our P2P Level Cap podcast. But, Mindy, there has been a running joke about an After Dark episode at some point. Well, how are we feeling? Do you think this could be on the cards as a tier type of reward? Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe give them the first hit for free and see what happens. Yeah, well, we will definitely look into that. So there will be some, some, uh, some rewards there, if you like, listeners. You know, without, without boring you and spilling and, you know, putting the hard sell on you, obviously it costs, it costs a lot of money to run a podcast. It costs perhaps slightly more to run ours because we're using software that allows us to talk with people all around the world. Any monies that do come in as donations will go straight back into the running of the show and continuing to grow the community. Obviously, I understand that not everyone is in the position to to donate so you are helping us just by listening and spreading the word and of course you can do that by leaving a comment on itunes on youtube on any good podcast provider coming and subbing even if you sub on youtube even if you don't listen to it there it all helps us out and of course you can come and say hi on twitter but look mindy i feel like i'm almost about to wrap up the episode and we haven't even started so let's 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 start and why don't we start with this question now, this is something I don't know about you. This question came in from Beastie a while ago, and he, he wanted to know about the origins of, of your name, The Mind is a City, uh, yeah. and a more in-depth story about it. So first off, could I ask you, how do you like it said? Because I don't know if you like it said long form like that or the mendicity or, or what, what, what do you prefer? No, it's The Mind is a City. It, it always was meant to be The Mind is a City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually, it's funny, I, I go by, you know, I used to tell people my name, first name, and I, you know, I still will, but way back my Uncharted PS3 days, I was playing Uncharted 2 online, and uh, someone in my party kept calling me Mindy, and thought my name was Mindy, so I was like, eh, that's a good one to stick with, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I hear a lot of people think my name is the, like, the Mindy's... Mindyacity, like Mindy's oh. something, like tenacity, or you know, something like that. It's not. It really is just mm. the mind is a city. So this came. This is kind of twofold. I when I was in probably a freshman in high school, I checked out this random book from the library. I don't even remember how I came around it about it because it wasn't like a wasn't a big name author. It wasn't a kind of a spotlit book or anything but it's called amnesia by this guy named douglas cooper and it's a really good book i really really like it but there's a quote really early on and uh one of the characters says the mind is like a city if you can remember this then you can remember all things and he attributed that to freud and i don't think that's that's quite true but again i i don't put a lot of stock in freud i think he's a yeah so <laughs> <laughs> But I did, you know, I did always remember that. And then around the same time, we were doing poetry. We were doing poetry studies. And we had a, a poem. I read a poem by Delmore Schwartz called Narcissus. 
and it's called The Mind is an Ancient Famous Capital. And the first uh, lines of it are, the mind is a city like London, smoky and populous. It's a capital like Rome, ruined and eternal, marked by the monuments, which no one now remembers. And I just kind of, you know, you're, you know, 14 at that point, and you just kind of get obsessed with the, you know, and you're all angsty. And I got my Gmail ad invite because I'm showing my age here. Back then, you had to, like, to get a Gmail, like, you had to know someone, like, you had to be sent an invite for Google Mail. You couldn't just go to Gmail and sign up for it. Like you had to get a, that was what I picked was the mind is a city. Mm. And that's just kind of been carrying me through. So not the most exciting story, but it's mine. Oh no, I, I disagree. Yeah. That's interesting. I had no idea. I think the name suits you well too. I mean, the games that you, you know, you prefer to play these adventure games, these, you know, uh, the puzzlers, uh, you know, the point and clicks, I, you know, it, it's all, it's, it, it, I, I know, I know your your love for those games must have come before the name, but it almost feels like they're hand in hand. I don't maybe, know. Maybe that influenced a bit, but no, I, you know, I played I've played point and clicks since I was mm. Uh, mm. too young to play them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I know. I no, I, I, I distinctly remember we had one of the King's Quest games, one of the tech parser King's Quest games, on the family computer, and I was. I didn't really know how to type like, you know, mm. fast enough that you're supposed to. And I'd have to have my older siblings type the stuff so we could play the game because I just, I, I was like a hunt and peck typer. Like I'd never learned how to type, you know? So definitely have been playing it a lot longer than, uh, than I've had this name. <laughs> yeah. And do you like, do you, do you like being called Mindy now, the abbreviation of it? Or is there, are there abbreviations of it you've heard that you dislike? Or are you you fairly relaxed? Uh, no, I'm I'm pretty relaxed. I I either you know if if people either if people abbreviate they either say uh, TMIAC, which is fine, uh, mm. Mindy, which is fine. Uh, sometimes I get City, which is fine. Um, There's another one too, isn't there? Every once in a while, I get I get Sassity, and I just think that's weird. <laughs> Do you? I was wondering if you're going to bring that one up. Like I don't, I guess I don't mind it per se, but I'm like, of all the things you could have abbreviated, you 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 pick that chunk. That's yeah, weird. I like you. You took my uh, line there, Sassy. Very nice. Okay, good, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I was going there. If you didn't, so well played. <laughs> uh, look, that's good. And look, you know, for my name, we actually talked about this, Mindy, on another podcast. But just in case, in case people haven't heard, I think we should let them in on the secret that when we, when you first started as a host, so this is. This is going back quite some time. It's almost going back a year, listeners. Mindy, Mindy decided to expand my vocabulary on my on my suggestion because she's a very very intelligent woman, as you know. And we decided to play this game equally, where we would find a word each week, Mindy, if you if you remember, and you know just just so we could basically we don't play it anymore. We should. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, look, I, I can only handle so many words. I think I'm, I'm still reeling from that. But we got some fantastic words. Some are even provided by guests because I don't know if you if you find this, listeners, but you know. I, I do a bit of reading. I listen to people talk and in, almost every day, or at least, you know, at least a couple of times a week, I'll hear a word that I've never heard before. And my brain goes, 
oh, I wonder if that's even a word to start with, because, you know, I like making up words too. And then if it is, like, what does it mean? And how can I can I get it in my recall? So we were sort of doing that or whatever else. And I, and I happened to be marking um, some some university essays and someone had used the word affectation, which I'd never really come across. And they used it they used it in a very amusing way in a, a musical example, which is not really appropriate, but it is also highly amusing as well. Sort of, you, you have to imagine the overeducated 22-year-old mind. They, they have a lot of these things, you know, a lot of time to think of these things or whatever. So I looked it up and I thought, you know, affectatious means sort of fake, you know, pretentious, all for show, egotistically driven, shallow, you know, a fool in effect or whatever. So I thought, well, you know, that's a pretty good name, but it needs something to go with it, you know. And then donk, of course, which, look, I didn't know, Mindy, until I spoke to Daryl, but apparently a donk is a type of car in America, like an old car. I don't know if you're familiar with that or if it's only in parts of America. I think he said it's a Southern, it's like specifically a Southern term because I'd never heard it when he brought that up. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, I'm in the South. God knows what's going down there. So, yes, yeah, so it probably is some type of car. But uh, anyway, in, you know, in Australia or whatever, it, it, it's a term that they re- refer to usually in card games, particularly in poker, if you play this, uh, you know, as a bad player, a fool, you know, an idiot and, and this sort of stuff. So I thought running the two together worked perfectly. And it also fitted in to the uh, into the PlayStation name. And also no one had it, which, which is unsurprising, I think. So, look, I love it. And the, the best thing is, is, you know, some people on my friends list, I don't think they they know what it means or whatever else, but some people do. And I get these random messages every now and then going, oh, your name is hilarious, blah, blah, blah. I love it, you know. You, or, or, you know, you really are a pretentious fool, which, you know, is equally acceptable as well. So, look, it's funny, Mindy, but both our names have quite a lot of, you know, meaning behind them, I think. So I, I, think, that's, I think that's interesting. The only thing maybe we could add, Mindy, is, that's, is that the name you've always had on your account? I know you haven't changed, so... It is the name I've always had, but I know yours wasn't. Your, I, if I recall correctly, when I was a guest, you said that your original PSN name had something to do with the Lord, not the Lord of the Rings, the the Robert Jordan book, Wheel of Time. Yeah, yeah. Which I can't remember if you said you'd read some or not of the Wheel of Time saga. Are you? I I tried. Yeah. I I have a hard time getting into high fantasy. It's just a lot of people to keep track of. Oh, especially with that series. And sometimes, sometimes I can, and sometimes I really can't. And I, I really did try with Wheel of Time because all of my friends were yeah. reading it, and like they were really yeah. into it. And I just, I, yeah. I couldn't. It was a massive. Like I'm trying to think. Would it must have been like the early '90s? I think that you know, again, showing our age, perhaps early '90s when I was reading that as as a young as a young person and <laughs> a very young person. And uh, I thought it was fantastic, or whatever. But I remember them being massive massive thick books or whatever to read and I, I believe I read there was a ton of them I read quite a lot but then I believe he died I think and then his son I believe it is took over and I think he's still writing under either his father's name or there's some joint name so I mean there's so many now you'd, you'd never be able to keep up but yeah yeah that's right so but I, I think uh, you know I think that just came about because I, I don't know I had nothing else at the time but I think this is more is more fitting so look I hope Beastie we we, we somehow threw some light there on your your question and of course listeners if you have a question about anything and you want to submit you can do that via our discord or of course on twitter or, or via email as well please please let us know we're happy to and personal note Beastie I know I don't think CJ knows but I know that you recently just had a, a really bad car accident so we are oh Hoping you're doing okay. I, I mean, you're. We know you're not in the hospital or anything because you, you've gotten in touch with me and you said you're okay. But 
we're thinking of you and we hope to hear from you again soon because you've kind of disappeared and we're worried. Come back. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my thoughts go out to you, so I hope you're I hope you're recovering well. Uh, and you know, I, ho- I hope I hope you can maybe we can help you pass the time. I'm just know, a big hopefully. old downer this week, aren't I? <laughs> no, no, no. Look, no, no, no. I didn't know that. So that look, that is that is fantastic, fascinating. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, Mindy, I think it's time. You know, we're we're, we're substantially into the podcast now. We, we probably should mention a game at some point. So why why don't we start with you? What have you What have you been playing this week? Dust Stranding. Oh, I thought I thought we were going to talk about a game, but fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, uh, jokes aside, do you think you'll ever actually play that game? No, <laughs> I didn't think so. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I am. I'm going to wait for the Telltale reboot version where you can do it in like four or five hours. Because <laughs> I think that I think that would be enough. That would be enough for me. But look. okay, okay. So, what have you actually been playing this week? Out of action playing. Not a ton. We're little little behind the scenes thing. This is actually we have recorded a podcast that was supposed to go out this week that is still in editing, so that's going out next week. So I haven't I kind of covered most of what I played in the last podcast we recorded. But I have played a couple things since then. I played old school spam. I played the NCIS game on PS3. This is great to see someone still <laughs> playing this. Also that you haven't played it till now. How did that happen? <laughs> I told you, dude, like a bunch of the old school PS3 spam I have not played. I'm, I'm just looking at the list here. And, you know, you're not the only one. There's a guy here that played it the other day, a couple of people that have played it in the last week. So it's still getting love. It's mm-hmm. it's still out there. What did you think? I, I think the CSI games are better, but they're all kind of the same. I will tell mm. you, there's one annoying part in every case, and it's this GPS tracking part where you have to you have to hold the... And it's timed. It wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't timed. But you have to hold the cursor over a, oh. you know, a dot like a, a that represents the car driving. And it's fine for the first two cases. And then the third case, it the car zigzags like crazy. And it's like near impossible to keep this cursor. I must have tried it eight or nine times before I got it. And I was like, am I just that old? And I went and looked on the forums for the game and it was like just people <laughs> complaining about it. I was like, oh, thank God. It's not just me. <laughs> Is this game, I know the CSI games, I never played them, but from memory, I understand they could potentially be glitchy in spots. Uh, other than what you're mentioning there, is this glitchy itself or is it is it okay? No, everything popped where it was supposed to. Oh, good. Good. I think one, yeah, I think you're right. I think one of the CSI games is a little little glitchy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just thinking about you putting in the in the show notes like games covered this week, NCIS. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I look, I don't know. Did you ever watch the show? I was a big fan of this show, so I when I found out there was a game, I got on this and, and played it. You know, admittedly, it was probably still late, but I quite enjoyed this. But I don't know. It it probably is predicated on whether you watch the show a bit as well. I suppose your enjoyment. I think it. I think it does because I didn't watch NCIS, but I did watch CSI. Ah, yeah. Vegas, and I played all of those. Yes. Yeah. Uh, on the computer, and then when I started trophy hunting, I picked those up and played them. Now, okay, so we'll just sidebar here. So CSI Vegas. Now, I didn't think I watched this one. I watched the one. I want to say Miami, but I'm not sure if it was mm-hmm. that one. The one, and it had the really like funky lighting, like, but the guy with the orange hair again. I don't know his name, and it was just. There were just some unbelievable one-liners. That show was just so off the wall. 
in its its fake seriousness or, or, or quasi cheese factor. I don't know. But the others were serious, weren't they? Well, more serious, I think. Shows. I mean, to a point. Yeah. Yeah. They're all they're all pretty bloody and 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 whatnot, but they all had their stupid one liners as well. Yes. I'll never forget that show I watched. I didn't watch many episodes, but one where someone had released a shark, a man-eating shark, into a swimming pool of a hotel, and they were sort of keeping it in the filter box area, and then the shark would get out and attack someone every now and then. It was, uh, it was, it was crazy insane. But anyway, maybe I should play the games. Imagine if that's... <laughs> <laughs> what, what else would you like to throw out? I played Uncanny Valley. This was free on Plus ah. a little while ago. It's a pixelated horror game. Yeah, I don't know about this one. I, I, I think I see what they were trying to do with it. It, it feels like it's not finished. It, it just kind of stopped. And so I don't know if it's meant to be, if they're trying to go Lovecraftian and just do a spot, you know, a, a snapshot of this guy's life and you're not supposed to know anything or you're not supposed to be able to figure things out. I don't think that was intentional. I think it's just confusing, but the, you know, Velvet wrote a good walkthrough for it. Get you all the trophies, and it's it's short. Would you recommend playing it, or uh, if you got it for free, or if you got it for cheap? I mean, you could do worse than getting was one, two, three, four, five, like twelve rare trophies in about oh. three hours. Okay, okay, and this is PS4 or Vita. I see. Okay, right. Yeah. So is this, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this. I think we are. Well, if we're not, you can shut me down and I won't edit it. Uh, is this to do these rare trophies with this event you were doing then? Was this the game? Yes. Yeah, so there was a, so on, on PlayStation trophies, there's something called, there are these mini events called QTEs, quick time events, where the whole idea is whatever you need to do, you have to do it between the day it's announced, which is usually a Thursday, and to the following Sunday. Yes. So for this one specifically, it was you need to earn 20 points worth of rare trophies. So if a trophy is is rare, it's one point. If it's very rare, it's two points. And if it's ultra rare, it's three points. I saw that and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that should be fairly easy for me to do. So so you, you, you met the goals. You're 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 through to the next round. Is there another round? Is that how this works? Or there is not another oh, round. Okay. Either you either do it or you don't. Oh, okay. So you you are successful in your your endeavors here. I don't know if you've seen this, Mindy. The True Trophies have started their next competition. I know you partook in their uh, their one over December, the twelve days of of Christmas. I don't know if you've seen this one. This one is based on. Look, I don't understand. There's a lot of different stats on that site, but it's based on their True Trophy point i suppose it's a difficulty point or something i'm not sure how that's calculated uh for each trophy so it, it basically it's a it's a two-week event where you have to earn a trophy every day so that, that's a bit that's a bit intense i think for some people but you know whatever um but then it's not only earning a trophy every day you, you start off and the trophy you can earn like an easy trophy like a one value which i assume is any trophy but then every day it goes up by 0.2 so you have to earn like a 1.02 or 1.2 or something 1.4 so i think by the end you've got to earn like a 2.5 or a 2.7 and and i was looking at it and like you know because these numbers don't don't mean a lot to me but like a 2.7 is like a pretty tough trophy like that would be an ultra rare uh you know and and a tougher ultra rare trophy so i don't know if something like that interests you mindy or not it, it sounds it sounds very hard actually to be honest with you but 
I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I looked at it. I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna do it. I I have a suspicion. I don't know for sure, but oh no, actually, I do know for sure because they just announced it. But I know that mm. uh, PlayStation Trophies is doing a Valentine's event, and I it's uh, just too much to juggle. I think so. I decided to go with the Valentine's event and not this one. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, only reason I bring it up is I know I was a little critical of True Trophies in in uh in December. Some of the community around that event was interesting, and and even the site itself, I think, perhaps not totally set up to run that at that point in some of the, the things they put, although they did rectify many of those things very quickly, but I'm, I'm always happy to go back and, and reassess things. And this time I noticed Mindy that they're actually offering prizes, which I know is nothing new on the true achievement side, but it, this is not common or this hasn't happened before, I believe on the true trophy side. And they're offering like, a, I think first place, or if someone manages to get this 2.7 or whatever, and every day uh, they get a, um, a year subscription to the site. Uh, and, you know, if it, it's a, uh, I think a six month subscription for second and, and something three months for third. So I think that's really good. And I, I'm more than happy to, you know, to throw some love on that now because I think, you know, that's a great incentive. And also because it's not cheap to be a member of that site for a year, Mindy. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing. Yeah. I kind of, and look at a ton of stuff for membership. I don't understand why, first of all, why it's so high. Yes. It's, you know, if it was that price for like a lifetime, then I might think about it. Because mm. what was PSMP? PSMP lifetime membership for like 20 bucks, right? I, I Yeah, it might have even been less than that, but didn't know more than that. Yeah, yeah. 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 And True Trophies is like, it's like 40 bucks a year or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a hard one because I really like the stats on that side, uh, on the on the True Trophies site. But, uh, I mean, not enough to pay the 40, as you say, I suppose. So maybe I'm part of the problem. I don't know, but. Yeah, but I mean, look, it's a step in the right direction, you know. If they if they're going to invest that money back in in prizes and things, that that's something that's that's good. So look, you know, and look, I look, I mm. far be it for me to know what it costs to maintain a site like this. It's it's very secretive and stuff. So you know, maybe maybe that's what it takes. Who who knows? Who knows? Would there be another thing you'd like to throw at us, Mindy? Well, just for the rare thing again, I I got some more trophies in King, King's Quest, so I'm slowly but surely cleaning that up. And then uh, the last thing I've played, yeah, the last thing I've played is. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask you about this King's Quest. So, because I'm just looking at your trophies and look, I'm hoping that you inspire me to play this at some point before you finish it. Well, you don't have to do anything. I have to inspire myself from seeing you playing it, I feel. But I just noticed you've got trophies from all over the place, but not chapter four. Mm. Does that mean you just didn't play? Have you played the whole game or are you sort of just jumping around chapters? Well, this is my second time playing it. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. So I... I uh, you can choose whatever chapter you want at any point, and there's four different save slots that you can play around with. So, I've just been jumping, okay, um, as needed, you know. So I start. I played episode I think two because out of the ones I had left, it had the most rare trophies in it. So I just kind of yeah. played it through. Okay, can I ask one more question about this, if this is okay? So I, I no. haven't played this. <laughs> no, it's not okay. Well, I'm going to ask it either way. Uh, <laughs> you can just ignore it. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I played a bit of this when it released. Now it's all out and all this stuff. Are there guides for all the chapters now or or not? There are. Uh, there's. I know the PSMP guide that uh, Zador wrote, actually. Oh. Uh, only covers the first episode, and I don't think there were any follow-up guides. Over on .org, there's not only a trophy guide for the whole game, but there are walkthroughs for the whole game. Mm-hmm. And no, I did not write either of them. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. 
Fair enough. Because I remember from what I played, I think I played the first chapter without a guide or anything, obviously, and maybe got like one trophy. And then I sort of had a, a look and a lot of them were for doing stuff that you may not have realized you had to do. I don't know if that, or maybe I just didn't realize. So I think yeah, a guide. Well, a lot of them, to... a lot of those trophies reward you for being an adventure gamer. Mm. Um, a lot of them are things that people who play a lot of point and clicks would, would think about doing. Yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. Or they're just Easter eggs to other King's Quest games, which is pretty great too. Yeah, it's fun. It is a fantastic game. I will have to, I will have to go back. And sorry, I think I cut you off. You you had another one. Oh no, the last thing I've played is uh, Assassin's Creed Chronicles on the Vita. Mm-hmm. So my Vita's my Vita's getting a bit of a workout. It's like, what is this? You're you're playing a a game with action on me. You're not playing a visual novel or a. You're playing an action game that utilizes all the buttons. Does that exist on the Vita? Oh, you can, you can. I'm shocked. Maybe if they'd more and more of those games, it would still be with us today. I love my Vita. <laughs> Don't diss the Vita. Hang on a second. We're talking Assassin's Creed, but you're talking Chronicles. Now, this is basically the ugly, ugly redheaded stepchild of the Assassin's Creed series, isn't it? Like, I mean, what is this? So the Chronicles games were. They get a lot of hate, and I don't think they should. They're definitely not, you know, if you want your your big fix, you're probably not going to get that here. I don't hate it. I think it was an interesting idea. They're just these kind of shorter, like 2.5D side-scrolling Assassin's Creed games. And I think you'd enjoy it more if you looked at it more like it. it there's a, a heavy puzzle element to it. Um, just figuring out, uh, you know, guard mm. patrol patterns and things like that. But it it is rather cheap sometimes. There's a lot of split second timing you need to do in mm. it, which is annoying. But there are also a lot of checkpoints in it to, to kind of help alleviate that. But it is it is kind of unfair in like auto scrolling sections where you're like, well, this character did not do what I just told it to do, and now I, I have died through no fault of my own. So I understand why people can hate the gameplay from that perspective, but I think it gets more more hate than it deserves. Okay. Yeah. I know this is, this is a pretty reasonable price as well, this game, isn't it, now? I mean, you can often pick it up for a few dollars. I don't know what it costs now. I bought this, I bought this when it came out. Uh, I think when it came out was when I got my, my Vita copy, and I did this on PS4 a couple of years ago. But I, I I originally picked this up for that that PlayStation Trophies event, mm. and then I started remembering because I did all these on PS4. I started remembering certain parts, and I was like, I don't know if I want to sync this on my trophy log unless I know I can do it on my Vita, <laughs> which is why I started with the last game, <laughs> with the uh, with the Russia game. Okay, okay. I'm look. I'm not convinced myself, but. That's interesting to hear because, as you say, I, I don't. Well, I suppose there is some hate, but there's just I don't hear a lot about that at all. That game, so that that's interesting. Maybe one to add, listeners. I mean, if you're if you're interested and you're you're worried about putting all of those trophies on, you know, they they came out as three different hundred percent lists on the PS4. Hmm. So China and India and Russia. If you were to try any of the three, I would say probably India is the easiest of the three trophy lists mm-hmm. or easiest of the three games i should say i would say in terms of an easy trophy list is russia but russia is also the hardest game 
So I would say India is the best balance you're going to get there to figure out whether or not you like it. And, you know, if you're worried about your percentages or whatever, Mm -hmm. you're putting on 15 trophies as opposed to 50 with the, you know, the consolidated Mm -hmm. pack with the platinum. It's a good tip. Good tip. Yeah. And I suppose technically, I know that you're you're working through or, you know, you've basically worked through the whole series. So this is, well, I don't know. I mean, we still have this debate today live and raging about Lego, but is this game part of the Assassin's Creed series, would you say, or do you not consider this? No, it is. Uh, there's actually oh, something, something kind of cool. They, we still need to get an Assassin's Creed guy on here because I... I have played all the games and I can't track, I can't track the thing anymore. <laughs> I really can't. No. But in all three games, there are little assassin symbols. There's like three or four in each game. And if you put on the Eagle vision, it really, it, it reveals a number. And then at the end of Assassin's Creed Russia, I don't know if it's at the end of all three, but I know at the end of Russia, when you beat the game, it takes you to a code input screen. And if you put in all of these numbers that you found in all of the games, there's like a two minute movie that ties into um, Assassin's Creed uh, Rogue because it talks about Shay McCormick. Oh, okay. So it is. It is in the canon. And I think. I yeah, think. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I think the girl, the girl you play as in. Assassin's Creed Chronicles China is the same girl that's in the like the epilogue movie about Ezio. Like she shows up to get training from him. Okay. That did you ever watch that? It's called like Embers or something. And it's it's like an animated movie. No, I haven't haven't seen it. It's like a 15 minute thing that was okay. on PlayStation. I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's the same character. She shows up to old Ezio and it's like, hey, train me. And he's oh. like, well, okay. And then she goes off and, and has her own game. See, what I wonder, it, <laughs> see, I'm not, I think about this sometimes, listeners, which is alarming in its own right. Uh, but I wonder, Mindy, at UB, you know, they, I, I'm imagining they have this massive conference room somewhere, the Assassin's Creed room, and just these like whole massive wall of storyboards, if you like. It's sort of like a de- murder detective police station or something. And just photos and storylines all just linked with just pieces of red string going everywhere because you know and, and then possibly underneath it just you know in, in capital letters on a, on a printout just the word fuck it basically because nobody really knows what's going on anymore but there's just enough as you say little links that that we're given the illusion that somebody knows what's happening do, do you think that's possible i see i don't think they do i think i think they did before Ezio became super popular and all of a sudden they had a couple more games to churn out for him i think they had a plan and i think it it got blown just blown away. I do remember when they when they announced they're gonna do the Assassin's Creed Encyclopedia, which I think I still have around here somewhere. I remember them putting out a call for fans. They're like, we're looking for two fans to help us write this. And I'm like, you mean you're looking for fans to write this because you don't That's remember, right. do you? <laughs> and like you know that fans remember everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're looking for those hardcore fans who remember, uh, you know, and, and who write all the Wikipedia entries and like, you're looking for those people yeah. to like get you back on track. <laughs> but that's just cause I'm, you know, jaded. Yeah. 
no, I, I, I think you're 100 percent right. I think it's just going to be at some point where the, you know the the game just takes a massive like turn, maybe on the next one, who knows? Where it just takes a massive turn and the the lore and everything changes because nobody knows, and it'll just be one of those moments. It's like so like a you know a bad TV soapy where an actor dies, so they don't want to retire the characters, so they just put in another actor as that character, and even though they don't look exactly the same, everyone's just like, yep, okay, we'll just go with that. And I, I have a feeling this series is much the same, but. Yeah, look, something to look forward to. I'm also, I'm also super bummed because I, Beastie alerted me to, uh, someone wrote an Assassin's Creed cookbook, and it's this person who writes like cookbooks based on kind of geek culture, and for some reason this one never came out in English. Oh, it's out in like German and French, and not English, and I'm, I'm really kind of bummed. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, look, Mindy. We have we have many German listeners. I'm sure we are we are we are you know ranking highly on the Learn to Speak English podcast in Germany at the moment. So, so perhaps we we can find out. But look, you know, just as we're recording here, I see that there's some debate about the dangerous dangerous creatures of the current assassins. And and I want to I want to inform you, sir, that you do need to be careful of the chickens, don't you, Mindy? Those chickens are very very dangerous. But yeah, who just start? Someone just started Odyssey. Yes, I believe and they said uh, new listener Jay. I, I believe hmm. people are trying to scare him and say that the chickens are the worst enemy in that game. They're not. It's the snakes. Well, that's, that's what you say until you get you get taken from behind by a chicken in the game. In the game. Oh wait, Odyssey. No, in in. Oh no, there's like two snakes in in Odyssey. No, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It's Origins where you want to watch for snakes, chickens, and yeah, mm. chickens are kind of dangerous. Yeah. Look, that, that, is, that is perfect. Uh, was there anything else, Mindy, or shall we move on? No, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's good, good effort for a few days. Look, listeners, I'm going, to, I'm going to throw out something shocking. Because it was, you know, actually cool over the weekend with all the rain, I decided it was time to play some VR. Don't panic. I only played like two hours, which was, was probably see me through for the next few months. But, Mindy, I played something that I know you don't have VR, but something that perhaps would have interest you or would interest you in the future. And this is this blindfold. VR, I suppose, an experience. This, I don't know if you know this. Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Hmm. It seems like it's a real downer of a game. I've said downer a lot. Yeah. But it does seem like a bomber of a game. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a follow-up to 1979, uh, the Revolution game, which I believe you did play from last year. I did not, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, you haven't played it? Well, I would, I would, that is not a VR game. If you haven't played that, I'd recommend it. It's a, I mean, it's a, it's a walking sim of sorts or whatever else. It's, you know, very highly narrative story driven. It's, it's probably also more of a B grade, you know, in production value, but in story value, it, it's fantastic. It's, it's well worth your time. And it's, look, it's not a massively long plot. There's some fantastic, fantastic guides or whatever else, but it's, you know, it, it's about the, uh, the Black Friday, if you like, uh, you know, massacres and, and things that occurred. Uh, over there in the Middle East. Now, this game is what they describe as a follow-up game to this. So it, it doesn't directly imply that you are the character from 1979, but you're, you're you know, it, it's the same sort of idea in that you're a, you're a photojournalist or whatever, and you've been taking photos um, of the occupation in Iran or whatever else and the, uh, the overthrowing, and uh, you've been selling or, or passing those pictures on to the Western media or, or um to this effect so obviously you know that's uh, considered treason at this time in that country probably still to today as well and so so basically the whole game mindy or an experience if you prefer you're basically in a in a jail cell or an interrogation room in the prison and and you're being interrogated basically to admit 
did you take these photos or not? And so so the whole game, the premise is you either shake your head yes or no. That That's the only real interaction. So it's very stable. There's no sickness. It's also a very short game, like maybe 15 minutes or so. And look, there, obviously, there's really only two paths. There's the yes path and the no path, you know, or the combination of, but it, it, it two, two basic things. But, you know, without going into it, obviously, because because, you know, 15 minutes you can play it if you have VR. And it is, I think it's a worthy experience. I think it's like 2 or $3. So for the length, of, the price is fine. But the ending of the game, I mean, well, not the ending, but after the game ends, I found it very interesting because, and there is a trophy for this. So I, I know that people that have 100% have done it. I don't know if they just flip through it or, or not engage with it, but it shows all the portraits of people that have been journalists that have been locked up or killed, you know, in the last 30-ish years or so. Uh, you know, uh, around that Middle Eastern region. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not, not going to delve into this because this is not my area of specialty, but the, the, the general underlying premise of the game is is this, you know, mantra of freeing the, the press or whatever else, you know, not not oppressing the press. And it's it's a really interesting use of VR because you see their portraits and then you, you read a little bit about their story. And again, it's not really a game, Mindy, or whatever else, but I think it's a really great way to learn. I mean, we've had... The, the Grand Museum or the Great Museum uh, in Britain, they put out a, uh, a VR game last year, which was a similar thing. You could walk through some of the exhibitions or whatever. And this was mainly the Egyptian exhibitions. I don't know. Mindy, I know you've been to, to England and London. You've, you've probably been to the museum there. I have, yes. Well, which one? There's a lot of them. But I, I assume you mean like the British Museum, like the big one. The British Museum, yeah. And that, that obviously has, for those people that have been there or know, it has an amazing Egyptian collection. You know, some massive things, obviously, you know, most of it's been appropriated and not returned. Some of it has been returned, I think, uh, or whatever. But a lot of those things can never travel. So if you're, a, you know, like myself, a museum goer that, that relies on, you know, traveling exhibitions because, you know, we're so far away in Australia or whatever, to actually go and see that stuff in the flesh is difficult, very expensive or whatever, but, you know, amazing. So, so to use VR in this way to bring it into your home, it's great, you know. So I thought that was good. And then we had, we had a, one on, on the Impressionist Artist as, as well recently last year. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the name of this, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so, so VR is almost an educational tool here, Mindy. I think, you know, an emotive educational tool, I suppose you could say. It's, it's interesting possibilities. I remember years ago, and I'm still trying to get an English language version for my collection, but I also know that they go for a lot of money because uh, you could only buy it in one place. Uh, Nintendo hmm. did a complete tour of the Louvre for your three. You could you you could get in there, you could zoom on the artwork, and you know look at it from all angles. And it was the whole Louvre, and they sold. You know, you can get a digital download of it, but they sold it on a physical cartridge in the museum. So, you know, right next to where you can rent the the audio tours, they would sell for like 20 or 30 euro, this 3DS game that you could pop into your 3DS. And that would also provide you with a walkthrough for the loop. I think it's interesting seeing, because you and I grew up in an era where educational video games I don't want to say cynical because I'm being cynical about it, but I guess due to some combination of, of lack of memory and perhaps lack of effort, they, they really were just kind of really bare bones, kind of didn't, were very formulaic in the way they tried to teach things. I like seeing in these, in these new generations games that, that try to educate in interesting ways interesting and immersive ways like uh, I, I said before in the podcast like i really liked the game africa 
And depending on how much you engage with it, it's either you're just going around taking pictures of animals or you can actually, you know, there's whole dossiers you can read about these animals. And I'm sure, you know, despite the questionable English translation, I'm sure that uh, Aquanaut's memories, whenever I get around to playing it, will uh, will be the same, but with fish. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just more accessible, I think, too, which is exciting. And I agree with you. Like, you know, I mean, embracing things like VR, you know, we're getting VR tourism I've been reading about as well. You know, it's just, it's an exciting avenue, perhaps, for this this technology. And one of the things that I find interesting, you know, because you're, you're talking about the Louvre there, and, and I remember I remember when I first went there, you know, at the, at the, <laughs> the grand age of 21 or something, and I remember seeing the Mona Lisa and, you know, it would have been built up as such a big thing for me. I thought this was going to be a massive thing, and it's really small. No, it's really, it's it's such a pain. It's because I have been my my memory of seeing the Mona Lisa is not looking at the painting. It was looking at the backs of like four hundred yes. heads crowded into <laughs> yeah. this massive room to look at the Mona Lisa, which is which is a like when you think of the uh, the size of a painting. It's that size. Like, it's not this massive. Your TV, if you took it and turned it vertically, that's probably the size of the, probably bigger than the Mona Lisa. Yeah. That's that's right, and I mean, uh, being privileged enough to live in Europe for for a little while uh, in my early twenties or whatever, I got I was I was very lucky because we were, I went to a lot of these places in the winter, and I mean that's a, that's a fantastic tip if you're traveling. Obviously, you miss out on all the gardens and things like that, but when you go in winter, Mindy, there's nobody there. And I think that's the thing because I did it with my family, and we definitely did it during a, a tourism, which was a mistake. But I agree, I I do try to travel off peak for that exact reason. There's very few things that I, I haven't been, you know, gardens, of course, but like there's very few things that I couldn't enjoy off season that I think I would have enjoyed more during peak season. I remember when I was over there and my, my parents came over to visit and we went we went and saw, went to, uh, to to see the Sistine Chapel. And, you know, again, at the, at the age of 21, some of this stuff doesn't have the, the, the power that it has when you go back when you're maybe in your late 20s or early 30s. Well, it definitely did, did for me going back. But there was no one. I remember walking through and my mother was like, this is insane. Like, you can just stop and look up. You're not being pushed along. And, yeah, so, so there, is, there is a lot to be said, I think, for going off season, you know, with the exception of it being freezing cold and there are no lovely gardens, but, but other than that, it's, it's good. But look, look, we're deviating slightly. So let's, um, let's come back to my other VR game, Mindy. And so this is not as a uh, culturally substantial, perhaps. And this is the, <laughs> this is the Hatsune, or for me, it is the Hatsune Miku VR game. So this is not the first VR game they've put out here. This is a, a direct port from PC. The first game that came out was more of a, a concert experience. If you like, you wave the glow stick. It wasn't a rhythm game, as, as you think. This is more of a rhythm game, although it's different from the, the push-button uh, QTE style that you'd be familiar with this game. This game is a game where you're holding the, the move sticks and you're moving them around to hit the notes as they fly at you from speakers. So, Mindy, I'm an aging gentleman, as, as everybody knows. My tip for this game would be make sure you don't stand too close to the TV in VR. Get as far back as you can because those notes, they really come at you fast. Very, very fast. <laughs> um, but look, aside from that, it's good. It's a funny thing because there are so many songs now in the Hatsune catalog. It's difficult when they release a product that includes so few of them. And I know it's not a full price game, but I know it's not a cheap game either. And look, they're going down the path of releasing the DLC packs, which are not cheap, containing, I believe, like five or six songs each. So 
that's a consideration. I don't know if they can tip pan on releasing the whole catalog like this over a year or two, um, or, or maybe a definitive version later on. But that, that's something to consider. You, I would definitely check the catalog. It's mainly the older songs as well. So if you're used to DRX or uh, the Future Tone that came out recently that has everything uh, packaged and up res, you're, you're going to be a little disappointed. As far as trophies go, it's going to be very difficult as well. So there, there are basically no trophies for clearing bass songs. You have to get at least a, a, an S or a double S or a triple S on both normal and hard. And so to get a triple S, you, you can't miss a note. And there's a lot, of, a lot of notes. And the detection is not bad, but again, it's a little bit tricky because some of them come from a low speaker. And sometimes, Mindy, unfortunately, Hatsune is standing in front of the speaker. So you don't see the note until it passes through her. Which means your your reaction Uh-oh. time, <laughs> your reaction time is a, so. Look, I think it, it's possibly it plays way better on PC uh, and Oculus, but it, it's fine. It's not unplayable by any stretch. And if if you're doing it not so much for the trophies, just for the fun, I think it's really good. Similar to Beat Saber, you can definitely work up a sweat with this game. Your arms are going to be moving like an octopus uh, very quickly. So there there is a lot of merit if you're if you're a core fan, but but if you're not then perhaps the, the Beat Saber is the better option here, especially when you're looking at having to buy DLC packs for, for songs and, and content uh, with that. And then perhaps what I'll do, Mindy, is I'll throw in a little bit more Jet Girls because I, I've broken the back of this Japanese jet ski game now and I understand what I'm doing loosely, basically. This game that <laughs> the viewers have not heard you talk about because we talked about it in the podcast we recorded that hasn't come out yet. We did, and I'll possibly lift that out of it because I think at that time I wasn't I wasn't that familiar with it. But this is the this is listeners, the Kandawaga Jet Girls. So this is available on the Japanese store or on the Hong Kong store coming in March. My suggestion is if this game does interest you and you're happy to wait for the localization through the Hong Kong store to do so, it will be it will be substantially cheaper. In fact, it's on a there's also an extra 10%. 10% discount at the moment if you pre-order that way. So just just be prepared. It is it is for some reason a little bit higher or substantially higher on the, the Japanese store. But that being aside, they are selling three versions that contain different variations of costumes. Obviously for the plat, you only need the first version. This is in full Japanese. And I believe the, well, I suppose we can't really call it a localization. The port that will come out on the Hong Kong store will also be in Japanese. I believe it's not being localized, perhaps, you know, two or three years maybe but not at this point. But look, it, that doesn't really matter because it's not a VN. There is, look, there, there is a, a substantial story here. So like, I do hope one day it is, it is localized. There's a lot of story content, but there are no choices in this. So that just plays as cutscenes. But the, the, the premise of the game is that it is a racing game. It is a jet ski racing game. There are not a lot of jet ski racing games out there. That's why this, this game in particular piqued my interest. It is anime. Uh, it's by the creators of the Senran Kagura series, Mindy. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this series i played the rhythm one yeah yeah so you know you, you'd be you know you, you know what to expect listeners there's a lot of girls in you know bathing suits uh and, and a lot of water pistols as well so the premise is you there are always two girls on the jet ski one's driving one's shooting the pistol and you basically move between you're driving you know basically the whole time unless you you want to shoot in which case you switch to the, the back one and the ai takes over but you can only shoot for sort of a little bit of a sequence so you're basically driving the whole way. So what, what interests me about this game is that it's a little bit difficult to figure out at first uh, if, if your Japanese is not strong, but it is a very easy plot. I'd say about eight to 10-ish hours or so. There's quite a lot of races. The races start off very easy, but they do, do progressively get hard. So you will be required to upgrade 
upgrade your your jet ski if you like there's no there's no value in switching jet skis because the upgrades are locked to each jet ski so you're better off just to pick one and stick with it i don't want to go into too much depth other than i know that there are a couple of listeners that will play this game i know they're just waiting on on hopefully some sort of person to take a stab at guiding it i can assure you mr ready that will not be me but i'm happy to drop a couple of points here really quickly uh, for anyone that does wish to do it my advice would be when you start the game to go straight to the mini game section this is on the story sorry on the buying part section but the bottom option for some reason that's the best way there are a few trophies tied to it but the best way to really quickly acquire money and points so you can upgrade if you were to do that from the start the races would be really easy each race has three missions down the bottom basically the missions are rotate between finishing in first hitting everybody with a weapon picking up so many weapons or maintaining a speed or whatever you, you if you have basic Japanese, you'll be able to read that, although I'm sure you could Google translate that as well if, if need be. You need to finish 128 missions, but usually you have to win the race to move forward anyway. There are there are many, many, many races. So getting the 128 is not going to be difficult. You don't need to, to 100% each one or anything. There's also a time trial section. Some of them are a bit tight, but then again, if you upgrade, they become really easy. And look, what I like about this game, Mindy, is as you come to expect with a Japanese game of any sort, there's just craziness within the races. Like there are these massive blow up, you know, uh, rabbits that appear out, out in front of you for no reason at random times, you know, and, and other weird things. There are balloons all over the course for no reason. And, and it's just, it's just fantastic. So look, it's, it's a really fun, a fun racing game. And I would, I would recommend it. And it's a game that you don't need to be worried about. If you don't speak Japanese, you would be able to work your way through this, this quite comfortably. And then the last thing, Mindy, my just update, my, I don't know, maybe three-monthly update, it seems to be, for the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020. It is moving ever closer, listeners. They dropped another DLC. I believe this is the second-to-last DLC. They dropped, Each DLC they're dropping is free if you own the base game. But, of course, this game is not available, my understanding, on the EU or NA stores yet, uh, only on the JP or HK. Of course, the HK Asian store does play in English, if that concerns you and the new update mindy was for the sport climbing match their uh, rock climbing and what's really cool about this is like you can do the event it's very simple very trophies very simple but they actually have a video of the area in japan where it is and them building the the thing and a, a little bit about it so it, it's a, i mean it's almost an educational game mindy as well as a, a sporting game uh, not as educational as the other stuff no, no. Look, at it, you know, it's a friendly tip. The biggest problem if you are going to play this game, it is an easy plot, is that there is there is a significant amount of online. Now, it only takes a couple of hours, but the problem is that the online is, it's sort of dead or or if you do the ranked, it's alive, but they're very, very good, the the people, because I'd say they've been playing quite a bit of it. So you probably do need to boost that. So that that's something to consider if you are going to play it. If you boost it, you can probably boost the online in an hour, hour and a half, and it, it's very simple. I think, Mindy, I think we've done justice to what we have been been playing in this short turnaround. That's a good run. It is a good run, yeah. We're having fun. I just keep looking at all these games that are lining up to be played, though, but I don't know. There's just not enough time. We, we shall have to see. We shall have to see. But, you know, <laughs> Mindy, why don't we add more games to that pile now for our listeners? By, oh, God. By, I know. By having a look at this drop here, what are, we, what are you liking of these new releases? What, are you, what would you like to tell us about? Uh, you know, only one really caught my eye this week, and it was uh, Mosaic. Uh, you live in a monotonous and repetitive lonely life in a cold, overpopulated, ever-expanding city, moving through anonymous crowds on your way to another long day at a megacorporation. 
You have no real sense of meaning until one crucial day when a strange things start to happen on your commute to work and everything changes. So very, you know, kind of generic description. I will note this was made by um, Krillbite Studio and they did Among the Sleep, which is that kind of first person puzzle, slightly horror adventure game of, uh, where you're the the baby and everything's from the baby's point of view, which I liked. Hopefully this one has a platinum. The story behind this one was they, they went into to crunch time, which is not good, but they did go into crunch time for Among the Sleep. And they said that while they were commuting to work, they started noticing all these people going to work. And it kind of inspired this game. There's actually on the blog, there's an interview or an article written by one of the developers and said, everyone looked miserable. Everyone was just obeying orders to get their paycheck to stay alive for another month. From this concept, we designed a game where you are a small and insignificant piece of a large machinery. You are trapped in a system where you have no control over Oh, you are trapped in a system you have no control over that forces you to work and obey to survive. It's a game that tries to tackle a lot of themes. Everyday mundanity, urban isolation, the flip side of technology, and the place of the individual in modern society. So, very... Again, this might just have to title this week's podcast uh, Debbie Downer. Because, again, I'm going to bring up another downer thing. Well, to, to be honest, that just sounds like my life. So... <laughs> <laughs> this sounds interesting. It, it's interesting to see, you know, because you play games to to escape these kind of things. Yeah. So the the few games like uh, that that do tackle the this reality, you know, what comes to mind is, is uh, Stanley Parable was fantastic. Hopefully, they do this in an interesting and good way, and it's not just this very forgettable thing. I, I wonder too if there there might be a bit of bit of very black or dark humor in this game because I see that they're, they're selling the base game or whatever on the store. It, it comes out today at time of recording, listeners. But they're also selling a DLC version or perhaps a season pass version that includes the DLC. And the DLC mini is called the One Percent, and it comes with. I saw that, and that? one of the one of the things is like less ads in game like that's the running thing that your your smartphone or whatever has ads on it i don't think they're real corporate i think they're bs ads they made up yeah yeah but like the one percent thing is that they they take that off of your phone yeah and i think there's one there too you get a a special business tie because how can you get ahead without the business tie and like it's it's yeah so i i wonder if they're poking a bit of fun as well i I don't know but interesting interesting. i think that they you'd have to be with this kind of i hope so yeah yeah and i believe that does have a plot as well so that will be interesting to see to see uh see how it comes down good good well look i'm gonna throw there's a big one i think we might just talk back and forth a little bit in a moment before we before we get there, I'll just 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 surface treatment a couple listeners. The Australian Open game is getting a, a worldwide release. Obviously, it's been out in Australia since since the Open a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, look if you're looking for tennis games, I know I've talked about it briefly before. There is not a lot of choice. This uh, this company is really the only people now playing in this area. If you played the first one and you felt a little bit burnt, you know. It wasn't released. It wasn't fantastic. This is a big, a big step up, but it's not a simulation. It is an arcade, arcade game. There is a, I mean, you you don't have a huge amount of control over your shots. Of course, all the selections are there, but the power bar is, 
I mean, it, it's a hark back to older tennis games. Yeah, so don't expect a full simulation here. But having said that, it's really fun. There, Look, there's a career mode that, you know, it does have a lot of the licensed events as well, especially a lot of the small challenger tour events, which is, look, it's pretty cool and immersive or else, you know, it has it has the slams with both the singles and the doubles. Uh, in there as well you know it does it does have these things like little media events which basically like cutscene qte events or whatever at the end of the big tournaments yes it has a money system a ranking up system it has you know mini game tutorial mode and stuff but look it's it's by no means am i I dumping on it there's plenty of content here it does have an online mode as well if you like tennis games this is really your only option but and it's and it's a big improvement on the the previous one the trophy list is fairly easy there is one sort of luck-based trophy i suppose where you have to win 10 points where the ball hits the net and you win the point. So the problem with this trophy is trophy whores, as you know, most people who are just going for the trophies would play this game on easy. It's very unlikely you're going to get enough of those situations. My understanding is playing in easy. You're probably going to need to play in hard. It seems to to be more likely. The way the AI plays will be flatter then, so you're more likely yourself when you return to hit the net and then, you know, it's just luck if it if it falls over or not so that's something to consider but if you know if you're if you're happy to invest the time it it will probably come uh naturally and then mindy i know you haven't played the first iteration yet of this game but it is it is very enjoyable the glass masquerade 2 is coming illusions oh yeah Hmm. this is a look the first one was lovely it was a a jigsaw puzzle game it did have a timer but nothing was time-based none of the trophies were so you could take it as long as you liked so that meaning you didn't didn't need a guide. Look, it wasn't that short. I think it took around six to seven hours, the first one. So I'd assume this one is is similar. Uh, the first one was all based on just stained glass windows, recreating them in jigsaw pieces from around the world. And the trophies, Mindy, were a little funny in the first one because the, there are easier and harder puzzles, but the, the trophies sort of rewarded gold for some of the easy ones, but only a bronze for some of the hard ones. So it was a bit mixed up, but, you know, in the end, it doesn't matter if you're doing them all anyway, you're going um, to get the plat. So, so something to look forward to that comes this week, listeners. And then, uh, look, I don't think either of us are that interested. Darksiders, Genesis. I'm still interested in where they got their money, but uh, <laughs> THQ, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this game goes because, look, I felt I'm not a fan of the, well, I'm not not a fan of the series, but I felt that Darksiders Three, I got burnt on. I really didn't think it was acceptable, and that's coming from a Vigo studio. Look, I know they've patched it, and I know. You have to set your expectations for that, but I don't know. I I, I hope this is somewhat improved on that. But look, we'll, we shall see. But you know, some some stuff they do is great. Some is not. It's like a it's like a lucky dip with them, Mindy. You never know what you're going to get. And I think that's it. So look, why don't we move to? It's not really a topic this week, listeners. I thought we'd just back and forward a little bit because again, I know Mindy hasn't played it, but we'll just talk to the the general concepts here, and that is, of course, of dreams. I speak of Mindy. So this has been out in early access for some time. It is it is finally now being rolled out to full full complete access from Thursday. I'm going to say Thursday, the fourteenth of february so i don't think much is being added i think they're just basically flipping the switch i do understand there will be a trophy list but as of time of recording it is not it is not live so we're not sure so mindy i know you haven't played this game but i want to i want to pose a question to you do you think yes do you think there is a space on the playstation because this is a, a ps4 sony exclusive do you think there is a place on the system for for not a game, but for basically tools to build your own game with limitations. I, I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, 
forget things like Minecraft. I mean, look at like Mario Maker. That's the whole premise of the game is here's here's a toy box. Mm. Build your own Mario levels. I, I think the the success of it is to is in how what you can do with that. Can you publish them as community levels? Can other people play them? You know, if it's I'm just going to make levels for myself and only I can play them, that thing's going to fail very quickly. But and especially because this is medium molecule, like the the little big plant community is still very very involved in making um, hmm. new hmm. levels and such. So I don't see why this couldn't be a success. I whether it's going to be this massive AAA seller, probably not. It's already a niche thing. But I I would not look at this game and say this is destined to to be absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's look, it's an interesting thing, listeners. So those those that have followed, it's obviously been in development, you know, in various forms for for over seven years now. So a huge amount of money has gone into this, and it's a it's it's obvious that Sony here have let Media Molecule make a platform. I mean, that's what this is. My interest, Mindy, here is that at this stage. Nothing is monetized within the game. And I haven't read to the effect that anything will be monetized. But one of, my, one of the things that I wonder about with this game is, is, is it going to attract people to create content knowing that at this point in time, they can't really sell it within the system? And will this become, in effect, like an app store for Sony for people to create their own indie games and sell them? How would you feel about that if it did proceed down that sort of a path? You mean this thing is powerful enough or built to be an actual game engine? This, in effect, is a game engine with limitations, yes. So it's not a game. There is, just to give you an idea if you if you don't know anything about this, the, the premise of this is that when you load in, there is a two-hour story mode, which is basically a feature film. That's that's how they describe it, uh, two to three hours with, with sort of minimal interaction, which sort of shows you the powers of the system. One of the interesting things is that basically the whole time you're playing it, there's a watermark on the bottom right-hand side that says this was built in the dreams engine so once you load that up everything you see was being built in that engine so that implies that anybody could make this it just with this program alone so the, the program itself is then is divided into an area where you can play other people's creations you can make your own creations there's a home space which you can sort of personalize that's your area but limited personalization but again this begs the question of well down the track will items perhaps be sold so that you can personalize this. And then there's a, a community jam session, which is basically a competition run by Media Molecule, which seems to change about once a month or so. And it, it has a theme and basically people submit their creations in line with this theme. And then it's voted on by, you know, anyone who plays it and, and there are winners or whatever. So the last theme for last month was food related. I think the current one is, is sort of the medieval age. So you make content with that, that theme in mind. So, Mindy, yes, the, the the system is powerful enough to make a game. Obviously, people are still learning it. You're not going to be making a AAA game in here, but there, from what I've played, and I've played a fair few different ones now, I've played things that are better than what is being released on the PlayStation in this, you know, uh, sort of, I don't you know, want to say, but I suppose the spam categories. So how would you feel if, if something like this almost became like a, for want of a better word, an app store or a Steam front for, for small indie people? to make money on i you know i don't know i i don't feel hugely qualified to to speculate much because i i'm not a developer um but i have seen kind of the hmm. fallout of unity 
CryEngine, that kind of thing, where where some good games are made using these engines and and these assets. And general, you know, generally the idea is people, you know, make the assets, you buy them, and then you 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 make them your own. So if it's done in in that kind of good faith, mm. I think you can see some really good things coming out of it. But if if this turns out, and I I'm hoping it won't. I'm hoping there's some sort of quality control. Uh, but given some of the things that end up on PSN, I'm not so sure. But my fear is that if this does become a full blown kind of you know you build your game in it and you you put it out to sell, you'd get people just kind of buying the cheapest thing they can and cobble together something and putting out for a dollar to just look appeasing be like, Oh, I'll buy it. It's just a dollar. That having been said, the more I'm thinking about now that I say it, I, I'm not so sure that can happen because that's effectively what that is, is a back door onto Sony's store. And for all that Sony may or may not have quality control, it is, you do still apparently need to know people to get your stuff onto the store. Whether it's any good or not, you know, it's not like I can just go to, you know, Sony.com and click a button that says I want to sell my game and pay 50 bucks or whatever. And, and then all of a sudden my game's on the store. See, now I, I premise this listeners, but nowhere in the, I, I, I read very carefully the disclaimer that you agree to at the start. I've read numerous things, you know, I've listened to some interviews they've given. They don't talk about monetizing this in any way, but I I struggle to see how something like this can possibly work long-term without something like this. I think, Mindy, you make really excellent points. Part of, I have not tried to create anything myself. My understanding is you can use pre-created assets from other people. So basically, I have a feeling this is a situation that whatever you make is effectively owned by Dreams. So, you know, and a similar thing, you know, there's been issues with the Facebook and photos and all this sort of stuff of who owns what. This, you know, technically, this opens up a whole door of who, who does own what in this. The other, the other thing that I, I wonder with something like this from having played these things is that I think it's an inspiration machine. To be honest, I think for creatives, this is a really interesting premise. And I know we're now moving away perhaps from gamers because I think there's a difference here. You know, if you're game for, gaming for fun or whatever else, you might not be interested in being inspired to go and create something. You're, you're just enjoying your time and entertainment. But I think, I think for better or worse, what this dreams really has will become is some sort of an inspiration creator for creators, which look is a fantastic thing for the people that have figured out a way to monetize their work. But and and perhaps it is perhaps it is a fantastic thing for people that just want to create stuff to give away for free and to to inspire. But I, I think the line becomes blurred. Like I, I played, for example, Mindy last night. I played three three experiences over a couple of hours. I played this boxing ballet. So basically, it was just a, a boxing. You know, you push one button and you, and you smash you know smash the other guy or whatever. And they didn't seem to put up a fight, which means that. Perhaps it's still in development as well. A lot of these things are not finished. They're at various stages. But the, the interesting mechanic was that your character was doing ballet moves as you jumped, you know, and there's silhouettes and stuff. Now, look, you know, after three or four minutes, I'd, you'd, you'd seen everything. But th th I was like, I've never seen anything like that. So now I have this idea about a, a boxing ballet game. I then I then played this thing called Cow Cow Rubber, it was called. And it was basically a, 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 a runner, if you like, where the cow runs around the track and you can only turn left by pushing the X button down and you sort of have to release it. If the cow hits the fence, it's electric, it dies. So it's how many sort of laps you can do. Again, again, four or five minutes. But, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, well, you know, this could be the next rat game. You know, someone could just take this idea now and, and develop it outside of dreams. And, you know, to be honest, it looked good, looked better than some of the things I've played. 
and uh, you know so at this point I, I'd played three or four of these little experiences and I'm like you know I feel feel inspired but you know three or four minutes was enough and then I did stumble across because also it puts up randomly so so you could get a bit of anything which this is interesting to me but I, I stumbled across this thing called the water gardens and there are a lot of game well experiences like this that title themselves as visual adventures so they're a collection of assets or whatever put together and they they can be a walking sim or a flyover or whatever else. I, I played a few of them, but this one in particular I found good. And if you, if you are to get this, Dreams, I would recommend searching for this one, The Water Gardens. It's, it's a light puzzler uh, and platformer as well, Mindy. So you, you travel between the islands. Now, this was the first, and I'm sure there are many like this, but this is the first thing that I saw on there that almost felt fully fledged to me. I probably played it for 45 minutes. Or so, so, so there are some some things there, you know, that that are fledged. But I, I suppose, I suppose, and I know I'm talking a lot here, Mindy. I apologize. I suppose that it, it's a very difficult thing to recommend to anyone. But if you are a creator, I almost think this is maybe necessary in a way, or you know, and I hesitate to say this. This is a potentially a great way if you're stuck on you know what to write next in your music or your art or whatever to come on and see what other people are doing, and and in effect be influenced by a platform that you don't have to owe anything to, you don't have to credit, you don't have to do anything. And I know that's a that's a dangerous and dicey area. I'm not talking about ripping off exactly what they're doing, but. In effect, it's it's a bunch of ideas that nobody is really utilizing or, or technically owns. So it, it, I have a lot of problems in that area. I don't know if if you see where I'm coming from there, Mindy. Yeah, I, I get it. I it really is a a very gray area when you talk about getting that kind of inspiration. It is. It is. Yeah. So look, look. I don't know. Is it is it worth your time? Obviously, you know, if you're a trophy hunter, it's going to hugely depend on the list. I mean, if the list is tied up in creating things, it, it could be. It, it could and will probably will be a very long platinum. There's also leveling in the game, like an RPG leveling system, where it goes up depending on how many of these experiences you play or you create or you vote on. So you can expect there's going to be a lot of trophies to that. What I think. How I think I will use this game is I would like to continue to drop in maybe once a week or so, Mindy, with a nice glass of white and just play two or three experiences for about 15 minutes, half an hour, just to see see what's going but i'm not i'm not treating it as 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 i'm gonna find an amazing game or i'm gonna sit here and play some massive game it's just it's just that experience and i think if you go in with that idea and you know and you're happy to drop well i'm not exactly sure what it's listing at i think 40 australian or somewhere in this this vicinity if you're happy to drop that on this then it's an evolving platform that that is interesting i suppose mindy (laughs) to to say the least interesting (laughs) shall we would you, would you like to add anything there or to that? No, I just, I, I'd be interested to see, I don't know if I, if I would probably, I guess I'd probably drop on someone's, like if someone was live streaming it just to see it. Yes. It, I don't think it's for me. I don't, I'm not that kind of creative. Like I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in stating that I am, I guess, verbally creative, linguistically, you know, with words so much with um, visuals, visuals or, or, or musical musically creative which are things that i think you would probably benefit more from this if you were that kind of creative yeah i mean one of the cool things we didn't touch on but it does have this collaboration feature so so say mindy you could put on your profile that you're a writer you don't do any of this other stuff and then other people might come across you and and i I, again it would be difficult if you haven't created anything so i suppose you would come across them and you would offer and you know they might be writing you know uh, uh, i don't know a walking sim but they don't have a story so you could maybe write the story for them 
you so so it's it this is this is the other gray area there's so much cross collaboration and and people can actually you know they can choose who who they let work on their things so so I, I can see how it would evolve I think my other problem from a creative, and I would be very interested to hear from other people that you know working in this field, perhaps professionally, very various mediums, is that if I'm gonna if I'm gonna write something, or you know I've got to write something, permission to write something, I'm gonna use my Pro Tools, I'm gonna use my Adobe or whatever, I'm gonna use serious programs because I know it's gonna take eight or ten hours, and I'm not gonna fuck around with with something that is not up to the job. Now I'm not saying this isn't, but but this is this isn't Unity, this isn't a full you know game engine that people are making, and so there are gonna be limitations. So if you're going to invest, you know, hundreds of hours creating things, why wouldn't you just get the proper programs and, and do it properly? So that, I think that's another issue. I think this is really awesome if you want to just mess around for a couple of hours. But, but if, you're going to, if you're going to make something substantial or put hundreds of hours into a project, which, you know, you would have to do to make something of size, I wonder if you would just gravitate to using the more established, established programs. I don't know, Mindy. Maybe I'm, I'm going too far off here on my thoughts. Well, it seems like maybe it's more like a, like a tutorial, you know, like a right out here. And if you find you've got a knack for it, then start getting into the big programs. I, I think that that's definitely fair to say. And look, you, you, it could be a great way to network as well. I mean, and meet people that, that you could, could future go on. But if you're, if you're not, as you say, a creative in this sense, like, you know, perhaps Mindy here and looking to create something or, or you know, even myself, I'm not going to use it in that that avenue it is it is fun maybe just to drop in and, and see what people are doing and you know the funny thing Mindy I was playing this this uh this one we were just talking about here and uh one of the things like it was there was platforming and I was really conscious of not falling off the side of the map or the side of a bit because I'm like I'm gonna get stuck in there for sure because this is you know like an indie thing and really low budget potentially and you know then I'll be stuck and there's you know I don't know how I'll get out and that'll be the end of it but I, I did fall in a few times and it was very seamless. So I, I think, it, it, you know, the, the building blocks are built in such a way that, you know, I'm sure there are glitches, but it's almost glitch free as well. So that's, that's encouraging, you know, because I'm sure we've both played games where you're, you're conscious of the fact that, you know, if you go down there, you may never get out <laughs> the way the game is. So. Very true. <laughs> it's something to think about. But look, look, not that that would ever happen, Mindy, in our spam games. So perhaps nice segue. That's a good segue. Beautiful, isn't it? So let's move into our spam of the week, Mindy. Now I believe you already identified the rat game of the week. Do you remember? I did, and I've already forgotten what it was. <laughs> surely, surely not. It's, that, it's that something remastered. Very good. Read remastered, I believe. Yes. Read remastered. Yeah. So we can expect we can expect that. What else? Are, what else are we liking for this week? Well, I know it's spam because you've platinumed it several times. Is zero 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 right? <laughs> it's always a, it's always a safe assumption. If I platinumed it, it's got to be spam. It is. Yeah. It's it's look. It's a one bit flow platformer. It's it's uh the rather like a game of the previous week. And Mindy, I think you would like this game. You know, for for someone that's used to platforming, this maybe twenty or thirty minutes. For someone that's like myself, that's not, it can still be done in forty to fifty minutes easily. Hundred levels, but you only need to pass thirty four of them. And Mindy, it's a very fast game as well. If you die, you get thrown straight to the next level and all the levels are random in, in the order they come up. So if you get one you don't like or it's too hard, just die and move on to the next one. It's good. I, I think you would enjoy it. And, and plenty of stacks as well to, to, to improve your skills if you're struggling in it. I'm going to throw out this one, but it, it, it's spam with a warning, Mindy. 
And the, the warning is no. Is uh, it might be the same one I'm oh, looking at right now? Okay, well you go first. It might be. No, you go first. Okay, so well it's only a hundred percent game, and it's I I know that you mentioned this. And it's, it's not the one I'm looking at. Well, but you have mentioned this briefly. I think I'm not sure if, if it was on air or not though. And this is the Zom game, Z O M B, which is a zombie game. But oh yeah. With Zom. So this is a Minecraft a Minecraft shooter, if you like. You're shooting the zomb- uh, the, the Minecraft zombies or whatever. The one, two, three, four, five of the trophies can be earned in the first three minutes. But the reaching level 20 trophy, I don't believe is glitched, but it is it is very difficult, that trophy. So look, if, you, if you're happy to farm, you know, all but one gold trophy, that is for you. That is only available on the NA store, about $10. But uh, if you're looking for the 100%, that could be, that could be a challenging spam with warning. Spam with warning. These quit making new spam top uh, mm. subcategories. <laughs> I think the only one I pulled out was potentially is this Project Starship because it looks fine until you start getting to the high score trophies. Yes. So tentatively call this spam. You could you could always call it spam with warning. Stop trying to make it happen. Oh, look, it's natural. I do believe that it may not be as hard as you think because I believe one or two people may have played at that game in 30 or 40 minutes. So it, it, it may be, maybe there's something going on there. Maybe it is, it is doable. Is there anything else that, that feels like a, enough? We, we can confirm that the Five Nights at Freddy's EU, the glitch does work the same as the NA. If, uh, if that 100% interests you and you want to cheese it, by all means, by all means do. I think that might be it this week, Mindy. Is I there... think that's it, yeah. Should what well, what about we should we should give Mr. Old Cero, the pioneer, the traveler, the adventurer. Some some people might even call him the guinea pig. He goes forward into other stores and finds games to plat before the list goes up. And and he has found that this Cat Quest 2, it has another stack, which he's he's I don't know if you've if you've seen this, Mindy. He's calling it the Korean stack because he's he's platted it apparently and it's it's all happening. So that's exciting news. That uh quality spam, perhaps. Uh with multiple stacks now, Cat Quest Two. I don't think Cat's Quest. I don't think Cat's Quest is spam. I think it's just an easy platinum. Okay. Yes. Yes. Spam that is not spam. That could be the next category for next week. We will. Uh, we will have to. We will have to see. Yeah. But look, there's plenty there, listeners. You know, why not? And look, if you're looking for a more in-depth look at a few games, why not check out the Push to Plat Level Cap podcast, which will be coming out on Fridays, uh, focusing specifically on a couple of games and how to earn those trophies and maybe some sneaky, sneaky methods to do so. But Mindy, it is time, finally time, to go over to the Push to Plat Platinum Club. Now, please feel free to comment here. There's quite a few to get through because we haven't done this for a while. So... So be prepared, I suppose. And we're going to start with, with Dino Raw here, Mindy. Number 841, Invert. Nice and easy game with the spin level cheat code. Bosses can be a little tricky, but still doable in 30 minutes. Do you know this game, Mindy, Invert? I do. I've heard this. of it. I've heard that, yeah, that's exactly what I've heard, is that it's, it's the bosses that are a problem. But still doable in 30 minutes, so excellent congratulations yeah around that congratulations sir he may be skilled in these games so we better be careful he plays a lot of spam <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's move forward to edj 3dg the iguana bros now he did uh what has he got here sayonara wild heart so this is the punk uh inspired runner music rhythm game Mindy. it's a beautiful it's a beautiful game so congratulations sir uh, i believe most of the trophies for that game too are are not just on finishing the songs they're sort of on different requirements a guide 
A guide is potentially needed. Uh, two stacks EU NA. Gaz Davis, number 47, Mindy, infamous first son. Ooh, good one. Very good, very good, sir. Dear Eastie is back. Number 621, Tropico 6. Very fun, but tricky to be a dictator. And number 625, Ghostbusters Remastered. Well, hopefully they don't add the multiplayer to that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll play it if they don't add multiplayer. <laughs> well, it's been a little while. Well, maybe not that long. A few months. Maybe another few months and it'll be safe. You, you will find out. Unless it's incredibly late dropping DLC, like a year or two. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah. remember Ghostbusters? All right, not Ghostbusters. Uh, mm-hmm. Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes. Launched without the multi. They're like, ah, oh, we'll put the multiplayer in later. Yes. The only only issue with that was it also launched with trophies for the multiplayer. Yet it didn't have the multiplayer. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> it was even better. But yeah, no, that's that is complete now. Though. Uh, Clazer, we have number uh, one hundred and seven, God of War three remastered, and number one hundred and eight. That's you. That is, uh, now what's the word for that, Mindy? That's one of those um, PlayStation share, games. Uh, not share play, uh, play link, right? Yes, yeah, play link with the phones and, and stuff. Tablets, yeah. Well done, sir. Now, brace yourself here, Mindy. We're going to be here for a while. The Scottish nub has been busy here. Uh, it probably took him about an hour, I imagine. So <laughs> number 330, 337, Milo's Quest, NA. Number 338, Word Sweeper by Paugi, Asia. Number 339, Pikapix Classic 2, Asia. Oh, actually, that could be longer. Is that Mindy? They're, they're longer, those ones, aren't they? Yeah, they're easy, but they're longer. So mm. if you want to call them spam, they're on the longer end of spam here. Mm. Okay, I'll revise my estimate. Maybe it took Scottish enough two hours this week to earn these. Number 340, Foxyland 2. Number 341, 342, Foxyland 2, NA and Vita. Number 343, Just a Phrase by Paugi, and he 100%ed the Five Nights at, I put here Five Nights at Freebies, which technically it is now with that glitch, but Five Nights at Freddy's, that is the NA and EU stack. Congratulations. Uh, congratulations, sir. He's going to be on 500 in no time at this rate. That's, that's impressive. The Real Apex, number 40, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. What an amazing story. I enjoyed, oh, Farah, sorry. I enjoyed joining Farah in her journey for freedom. Well, would recommend playing the campaign in this mar- one masterpiece in its own way. Okay, lovely. It's actually quite good. I know you wouldn't play these games, Mindy, but the story is actually good. That I would agree. Hmm. I, Alpha, I told you there was a lot, Mindy. How are you going? You still with us? <laughs> I'm 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 flagging. I'm still here. <laughs> good, good, good. Yes, it's it's sometimes it's just too much spam. I know. I know. You know, there's some there's some great games in here too. I Alpha Soldier number seventy three, Foxyland two, and number seventy four, Just a Phrase Paugi. It, it, it beggars belief, Mindy, that neither of us are on the payroll for these companies at this point in time. But I know, right? <laughs> but maybe you still haven't heard back about. Uh... Liar Princess. No, that's you right. might need to stop vlogging that. That's one. right. That's right. That's right. Uh, look, Mindy, I've been warned here not to geek out. We have been joined by the wonderful Icon Menzies here, currently a very high ranked player, but more importantly, a game buyer, Mindy, which I find impressive. Known, uh, you know, known as Mister Two Percent himself. He's the one person that has a lower completion percentage than me. I understand. Uh, oh no, that's touch and go. So we will see. And here's our platinum number. 1,000, well, sorry, I'm not used to saying that, 1,343 Ark of Alchemist, uh, which is a new uh, a new uh, sort of hidden beat-em-up style game with some town building, I believe, that dropped last week that looks very interesting. So that's interesting to know. Thank you, Ike. Zador VP, number 451, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance Tactics. Another rare tactics style game. It was pretty good, and the new game plus run was fun and easy. 
Most interesting thing about this game is that apparently there's a prequel TV series on Netflix for The Dark Crystal that I didn't even know about. So that's that's fascinating. That's something to add. Well, there's also a movie that's actually quite good. Yes, no, I've seen the movie. I just had no idea that Netflix had done their own own sort of series on it or whatever else. And now there's the game. I'm not sure where that fits into the, the cycle, but in, interesting. Good. So we, we survived the Platinum. Shoutouts. Listeners, if you didn't get read out and you want to, please feel free to jump into the community. It's on the PlayStation 4, uh, the Push to Plat Platinum community, and it is free. It's free to join. So please do. And as, as you can see, if you have something you want to say about it, just leave a little comment as well, and we'll, we'll possibly read it out as well. We're always interested in finding new things. So, Mindy. Yes. We started off with animals. Are we going to end with animals? I think it's time. I think it's time to call it. Shall we? Shall we do that? Shall we move on? Retire gracefully into the night. I think let's. I think let's call good, it. Good. So, Mindy, if we're trying to find you, where can we find you? Twitter at the mind is a city. Uh, I also have a coffee page, ko-fi.com/slash the mind is a city. Uh, it's just a tip jar. All funds to that go towards games that I can buy to write guides for because I don't get. Except for Artifacts Monday, which hasn't sent me their new game, which worries me a bit. I don't get dev codes. So everything I write guides for has been coming out of my own pocket. And listeners, if you're trying to find this show, it is on all good podcast providers. If you want to say hi, you can reach out to us on Twitter at push to the number two, plat, push to plat, or you can send us an email at push to plat at gmail.com. If you've got a second and you can sub to us on YouTube, it all helps out. As I said, even if you don't watch it there, come and jump in the PlayStation 4 community if it so interests you. Uh, Patreon will be live probably close to the time you listen to it or shortly after but as I said not accepting charges until March have a read have a think about it if you're in a position to help us out that is fantastic if you're not I fully understand just spread the love write us a review tell somebody so until next time Mindy have a wonderful week bye bye